Second Corinthians, the first chapter. We'll read again from verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us, ye also helping together by prayer for us. But for the gift bestowed upon us, by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. <coughs> so we see, as we saw last week, that Paul, if you like, is knocking on the head the idea that the Christian life is one where you succeed, but you succeed without difficulties. You're successful, and therefore, there won't be any trials, won't be any trouble or depression. Now, some people like to say that that's their experience. Well, be that as it may, what Paul's experience is, is this. He says, it's a Christian life. God is with him and is confident, but yet he experiences at least at times, trials, and not many of the trials, but depression is really being brought low. He says that in verse 8, we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. He could not have put that more strongly. He couldn't have it put more strongly. He said we got right to the end of our tether we were at one trouble after another people opposing us and all the rest of it whatever they were illness and various problems and opposition uh, one thing after another out of measure it was more than we could physically put up with we didn't have the strength to, to go on it was above strength in so much that we despaired even of life, we gave up. We were so depressed, we gave up. We didn't think we could go on. We, think, we thought that all we could do was just die. That was the finish of us. This was the Apostle Paul. And this is what happened when he was seeking to serve Christ, serve the church. It wasn't just that he was strolling around and doing, getting on with an ordinary job and coming into trouble. This was in Asia when he's preaching, establishing the church. What does he come in for? Pressure, one on top of another. Affliction. Remember that's what this word means, tribulation, uh, that we have in, in Scripture. It's like a great weight he felt, I can't take any more. Well then, that was his experience. And we saw last time, he said it went so far, we had 
the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead so we have on the one hand the depression and more than depression is a leading Christian who feels despair giving up he can't go any further and he's uh, in the position where he says well I'm hoping in God I'm doing this for him will I ever be brought out of it will I ever be delivered why did he go through that that was, that was the experience on the one hand why did he go well there was a reason we saw that he says so that our trust should be in God we're revising here but it's important just to look at these points again we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead now he says that you might think that God was allowing the pressures to come for no good reason he said no there was a reason we had to learn to trust God but you did trust God yes we did but we didn't trust him enough well that trust in him had to go right down to the very bottom so that we trusted him in right where, where we had nothing we were, we were exhausted we didn't have any spiritual energy to pray or do anything and we had to discover that even right when we were as good as dead he was there and he was able to raise us up again so it, God had a purpose to build up the trust. I can remember there was a famous building in London when I was a boy and it had been built um, in the 1960s, something like that and it was being demolished. They were going to put up a great a big new office building on it. And you might say when you looked when they demolished the top this there were these foundations very big Victorian chunks of brickwork, very wide you think that they could leave that it looked solid, a good solid foundation to build this new building on. But they didn't. They, they got in there, they lived with, with these drills, and um, they were just digging away and digging out, right down deep, getting out these foundations. So why was that? Well, the architect said they're not strong enough. They look all right. You stand on there, they look solid, good foundations to build them. But no, there's a lot still there wouldn't bear the, the, the weight. So they had to dig down and get out all that foundation and go right down to the bottom. And then they could build something far grander and bigger than they would have done otherwise. Well, God's not putting Paul through all this just to make his life a misery. God is dealing with him so that he should learn a deeper trust in God. You see, we, if we'd asked Paul, do you think you're trusting God? Oh yes, it, of course it is, we'd all think that. And, but afterwards he could say, no, God is, is deepening, God is strengthening. Because the part of the foundation there was actually not a foundation resting on trusting God, but trusting self. Too much of trust in self. Paul has to admit it. He says, I have to admit that um, we had to learn 
not to trust in ourselves. Oh, we did trust in God, but to go forward, to move forward, to do this great work. Progress as Christians, we had to learn more and more to trust in God alone, not in what we learned and how we could manage quite well very often on our own. So that if Paul had to experience this to go on in faith, well, we do as well. To progress, more and more we have to discover that we can only really trust God. Can't trust ourselves. We can even when we well, when we find it in ourselves, we've got nothing, we can't go on, we don't know what to do next, we're despairing. But we then we discover that we still trust God. His promises, they will grow. They will not move. We'll discover that in although we're utterly weak and hopeless, there in the one that one place, in the promise of the gospel, that we're as we look to Christ alone, we discover, well, amazingly, God upholds us, brings us through it, and builds up our life and uses what we were doing to build up the church and to witness and to bless other people and so on. God is saying, now you've got to trust me, you've got to trust me more. So there we are, it comes down to ourselves as well. Our faith has always got to be growing, it's always got to be de developing. So let's not be put off when uh, at first we may say, oh God is, is allowing these things to happen, they're overwhelming me, I can't go on. We say, what's happening, I'm being bowled over and I can't manage and my Christian life. Yes, well, but he's showing us our weakness. And you have a purpose in it. Don't give up. Trust in what he's doing. Now let's, we, that's where we've got to learn. Now let's go on from there. We should have the trust in God which raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. The key to it then is that we should trust in God who raises the dead. The only hope, uh, if we can use that expression, what is our only hope? The only hope is in the resurrection. The God of the resurrection. Now why is that? Now why the God that raises the dead? What does it mean? What's important about the resurrection? Well, it's the God who comes to us Well, going back to de demolition again. Anything that's in ourselves, power, goodness, all the rest of it, is just no good. It's got to be gone, uh, got rid of. It's like something, you may have an old building, it looks all right, and so we'll keep this and we'll keep that, and just about managed to build it up, it'd be a reasonable building, yes, and God's not the whole lot down. So the only hope is what it's the God of the resurrection of the dead. Just get right back to the start and say, now, get back to nothing and we'll be all done. See, now, this is the opposite to modern religion. Now, it's not modern at all. It's been going throughout the whole ages of the church. But it always 
pretends to be modern. What's this? Well, it's a modern religion. It's like, no, no, you see, it's, you've got to realise there's good in you. You've got to realise that God is there to help you to use all the good points that you've got in. You see, oh yes, we know you've failed over and over again, but God is there to give you a little bit of help, and that will help you to be a better person, to be nicer to people, to warm up that little spark of it life in you till it gets bigger and it the inner life and then you develop your own uh, nature and that little spark of goodness you can fan it and you can build it up and it's what you can do now it's dressed up in various ways but that that, that it comes back to that again and Jesus is turned into the kind of uh, boy scout leader to people to just help us to uh, build ourselves up and work on ourselves and improve ourselves as if, well, as if we had something there to work on. And God, the gospel is you've got nothing there to work on. Nothing in our natural state that is any good. It's the gospel of the resurrection. The only hope is that we should be raised from the dead. God said you, you've got no spiritual life in you at all. You're walking around but actually you're like zombies. You've got no spiritual life in you. If you're going to live, you've got to have a complete new start. It's as radical as that. Anybody who becomes a Christian, they're starting again. It's a new life. It's not just giving an impetus to something that's already there. Nothing at all. It's a resurrection from the dead. And that's what he's going on about here. This is why it's so important. Our faith, the true gospel faith, is the faith of the resurrection. And then we got, if we get this straight in our minds, if we can see that, we can see what God is doing to Paul and, and how he's dealing with us and how this is an important lesson. Now we're really getting into it. Let's look. Uh, because Paul doesn't just go on to something else. He, he uh, mentions it in detail. Verse 10, God, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver. And because of that, you see, if we realise what he has done, then we look forward to what he will do, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver. So it's this powerful religion, faith of the resurrection. He has delivered us from so great a death. There we've got this word delivered, rescue. Interesting. Uh, that word in English, we get it in various meanings. You can sort of play with it. Uh, we, we are delivered, we're rescued by God from so great a death. So we've mentioned that already. That if we are Christians like Paul, we have been rescued from a hopeless state. Now, when we think about these sufferings, he's really been in great trouble. Great problems. Everything's gone wrong. He may have been ill as well, who knows, he, we're not given the details, he may have been terribly ill, death, door and all the rest of it. 
But that's nothing. Even a protracted uh, period of suffering is nothing compared to the eternal death of the person who's never brought out of the darkness and into the light and renewed on the inside by the working of the Holy Spirit to have faith in God. What is that person to be left in this life in a dead state and then go out into eternity without any hope? Now that, that great death of those people who are eternally banished from the presence of God, lost forever, misery and destruction and confusion forever, well, what is that? That's the most terrible thing. It's like being, we, we, we think of those as like some dreadful lion or something tearing a person and we look at these little troubles. They seem very small, like a little kitten giving you a tiny little scratch compared with that. He says God is teaching us then that he's delivered us from so great a death. Paul, when he, when he comes perhaps from out of this period of depression he's reminded of how when all said and done he's been brought into a new life he's been brought into the presence of God he knows peace with God it's like coming out of prison in a dark miserable dungeon he says well after all so God is my father he's been brought out into the light I've been delivered out of death. I've, I've been raised up. I've been resurrected. The first resurrection, we know there's a physical resurrection to come, but there's this first raising from this the spiritual death in Christ. Now, that's wonderful. That's, that's what the gospel is. But, he, he said, uh, we must of course not say that without remembering that it is through Christ. This resurrection is in Christ. It's based on Christ's resurrection. That lovely expression, um, Romans chapter 4, the end of that chapter, um, it speaks uh, the end of verse 24 but for us also to whom it shall be imputed the righteousness of God imputed to us if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead and then he goes on Jesus who was delivered for our offences and was raised again for our justification there how where else could you get the, the whole gospel scheme um, summed up in, in just a few words like that? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus, our Lord, who was delivered for our offences and was raised again for our justification. You know, when we think of the, of the grace of God that will bring this life over and over again in Scripture, it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Now there's no accident to that. Why the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the word 
the, the grace of God works through Christ. And it works supremely and centrally in that Christ was given over, handed over for our offenses to be crucified and was raised again for our justification. Christ cross, he was he had all the, the load of misery. Here's Paul feeling that the pressure that he underwent, the tremendous pressure, the spare agony of mind that he felt for. Well, let's look back one step further back. Look at Christ who is our head, our saviour, the one who, uh, who has the, 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 the issues of life and death in his hand. Think of the crushing load of misery and despair that he felt. If we feel depressed, think of how he felt with a crown of God on him. He was delivered for our sins, our trespasses outraised again. He underwent that. He underwent. He went through the depths of misery that we cannot even understand, even begin to understand and contemplate. He went through it and he rose again. He, what he did was accepted. He rose again. He, he spoke to his disciples. He was seen and touched by them and ate with them. And then he rose further and ascended up into glory. He rose again through justification. Again, just put in a word, justification, that sexual thing that God does, has put us right in his sight. I like to think of it in this way, that Christ died <coughs> under the wrath of God for us, for his people. Rose again, and in his risen state, is to apply to us, to give to us, those blessings which he, he's won so, in, in such a costly way to himself. And it, what is the central thing that is applied? It's justification. He puts us right in the sight of God. We are made right, righteous, before God. Our standing is quite awesome. That sense, everything else can go on from there. We are made right, righteous before the Holy God in Christ. Well, that so that the uh, the central truth, God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver, it it all depends upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's interesting, you see, because if we see what he has done, we can trust him for what he will do. Who delivered us, or has delivered us, from so great a death, and does deliver. He has delivered us. He has rescued us. Christ did die for his people on the cross. He was offering himself as the, the price to purchase us, to buy us back, to redeem us, to God. And, more than that, of course, he has applied it. As we said, Christ has applied it to Paul. He's, it's come into Paul's experience. He's been brought to faith. 
uh, by the Holy Spirit and he's put his confidence in God and, and Paul says now this is the God who raises the dead he's raised us to life but he don't stop there he, he says he does deliver he is delivering us now he helps us we he's not a God who did deliver did do it in the past and that's finished he goes on doing it he helps us and Paul has to believe has to find, uh, find out that God is going on doing this his hope and trust had to grow and so do I if we've got faith it's got to grow and we it grows by experience we go through a difficult perhaps a very difficult stage but it, if we've got faith in us we're learning that the God of the resurrection the God has raised up the Lord Jesus he still is there and through him he blessed him and salvation are being brought to us all the time encouragement strength more than that he says in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us it's not finished yet we look forward this is a great thing about the Christian life it's not looking back or looking back in past but mainly looking forward we're not talking about the past we're looking forward all the time and we're expecting more he's going to deliver us anything that is wrong and that is spoiling our lives and making us unhappy that's all going to go we're going to be rescued delivered from it all every pain some pains we have to bear with throughout this present life but the, ultimately they're all going to go and we're looking forward to a glory yet to be revealed So the Christian can be confident. He's Paul is confident. He says, you don't know everything I've been through. But God delivers us. And he's helping us. And although we're, we're still struggling away, and he's struggling partly because of what's been going on in Corinth and the things that have been said about him. But still he is confident that God is um, he's not dead and he's not uh, dead. He's not unwilling to help he will deliver him out of this particular problem that he's in. And that's what we've got to be sure about ourselves. It's no good saying that we trust God, but we don't believe he can cope with this problem or that. We've got to take the problem to him. And say, Lord, help us. God of the resurrection, Lord Jesus Christ, help me in my time of need. And he will deliver us out of all our troubles. Now that's the first lesson. Now just for five minutes more, there's a second lesson here. The first is the lesson of trust through the resurrection of Christ. Verse 11, something else is involved. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. But for the gift bestowed upon us, by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Very neatly put, he says now it's important not only that we learn to trust God, but as we go through these problems, you should be praying for them. Here is Paul and his companions are with him, 
and they are doing a special uh, pioneering work. Not everybody's called to that sort of work. Um, to be there in Asia with him and so on. But he says, no, in a way you're called to be involved because you're called to pray. He says, as we go through this and as we learn these things, you should be involved as well. You see, you should be helping together by prayer for us. So, it's not a question of these Corinthians saying, oh, poor old Paul, sorry to hear about that. Terrible what these missionaries have to go through. All that they have to put up with, or Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so in their Christian life. And, uh, terrible what they have to go through. No, Paul says, you have to go through it with them. You're involved as well. It's your duty. He says, you ought to be involved with them. You have to believe that God will take the, the, the Christian leaders through these crises. You've got to pray about it. You mustn't despair. You're involved as well. You're helping. See, if you don't pray, pray, you're not being involved in this matter. And you, you should be. God is just part of the purpose of prayer to involve the whole church, the whole of God's people, to be praying. Uh, and so to be taking part, even in the, the, the suffering. You, you, you should believe that God is able to do this, and so pray for it. And there are lovely stories told about some people who have been very humble people, called to to pray for perhaps people who are going through very, very difficult circumstances. There's a true story I heard is one umpteen that one could recount of the, the old lady, she's in the meeting before the, the minister and his wife, they were going off on, uh, I don't know if she was to Africa or where, she thought, oh, I can assure you I'll pray for you and the, and the Red Room every night when you're away and uh, off, um, off he went, off they went. And it was some time later, well a good time later, that they, they came back on third a couple of years later. She, and she, she was speaking to them again, she said, you know, um, one night I just couldn't sleep, she said, I couldn't sleep, I had to get up. I had to get down beside my bed and start praying to, to you and the Reverend. I don't know what it was, but I really felt I had to pray. And the, the minister said, Well, when was that? And she happened to know. She could tell more or less the day. She said, You know, we were in the, we were in the most difficult um, sex at that time. We were at our wit's end. I, I don't know what the problem was. I don't think, I think when I heard it, I wasn't told the actual people, but they were really in trouble in, in the Christian world. And it was if God, well, it certainly was, if God came along, he woke that woman to go pray for And the man, when he heard this, he said, you know, help did come then. We received the help from the Lord to bring them through. Now that's just a tiny little example, I believe, of what Paul is saying. He says, you helping together, you're involved. This is why we tell people, people are house burned. You see, they say, they say, well, I'm no good, you know, I can't, I'm no good. The shadow, how do you get into the 
that's the way man looks. That's the way the devil tempts us to think. But that's not the fact of it. You are helping in the most important way when you pray. You're going, actually going with through the whole thing with God's people who are in the, in the front line. You pray to the God of the resurrection that out of that terrible situation you may know about it, you may know the actual details. You pray, Lord, just do something. They're putting all the Christians in prison there. Lord, do something. They're burning the Bibles. They're closing down churches and, and things like this. Lord, do something. The Lord of the resurrection. And we are involved and we pray, Lord, do Thou art able to see Christian literature in there, do something, even things that we can't, we can't even think of. And we are helping in God's scheme, ye also helping together by prayer for us. And that's not the end of it, but we'll, we'll close here. That for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. You see, when if other people are involved, then they will be involved in the joy and the thanksgiving. Now here, when God gives the answer, it'll be like giving the answer to them. Hooray! When they hear the news that God has done such and such for these people. And there will be the, the thanks given by many on our behalf. Many will be involved. And these people, you see, if they didn't in, take part in the prayer, they didn't get involved with Paul in the work in that way, they wouldn't enjoy the... Well, it's a duty as well, of course. It's a duty of thanksgiving. It's a duty. To pray and then to give thanks when the prayer is over. And so we close now, but we, we pray for ourselves for a greater and increasing spirit of confidence we're not praying to a God that can't do it, the God of the resurrection. If you can raise from the dead, you can do anything. God who raised Jesus from the dead, he can raise unbelievers from the spiritual death, he can bring us through all problems. Now we need a greater encouragement to believers, greater prayer, greater thanksgiving. And so we pray that we will not only have the confidence, but we'll have the experience of God being with us in our own lives and in the, in the life of the church here. May we bless the Lord. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank thee for the encouragement that we have to believe thy promises. Oh, that we might believe them more sincerely and act and pray and give thanks on the basis of those promises. We thank you this evening for the definite answers to prayer that we are seeing in our own church at the present time. And we pray that increasingly we may have the evidence amongst us that God is the God of the resurrection who raises from the dead. Raise many people to life in Jesus Christ we pray. Bring many through the trials of this life triumphantly. Bless us, O God, throughout this week for this begun. 
We commit to thee again all our special needs. Be pleased, O God, to answer and forgive our sins. For Jesus' sake. Amen.